What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the very first episode of the Average Athletic Podcast with your host, J.D. Brain. On today's show, we'll highlight the Week 10 recap around the NFL, as well as talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they are brewing in downtown Cleveland. With that being said, I hope you all enjoy the show, and let's go! NFL Week 10 is now in the books, where some of the biggest takeaways include a dominating Dallas victory over Atlanta in Jerry's world. The Packers in the snow in Lambeau provided a great showing against the Seahawks. And the 49ers, they look great against the Rams on Monday Night Football. We're going to start today's show, however, up in Foxborough, where the Cleveland Browns had the worst showing of their season so far. It's clear and obvious Baker Mayfield is not feeling 100%, as we all know. But that shouldn't take away from what this football team's defense and play calling did on Sunday afternoon. The Patriots are the gold standard in football. They have better coaching. They have better coordinators. They have better play calling and situational awareness than any other team in the NFL. I don't care if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots will have you beat mentally. The Cleveland Browns got beat mentally on Sunday afternoon. Start off the game, put together a great balanced drive. A dose of Dearness Johnson, get the tight ends in some uh, some screen actions. And they go out and score a nice drive. Stefanski goes for it on fourth down. Hooper... Makes a great catch in the back of the end zone. You're sitting pretty, thinking, ah, you know, this is the team that I remember from last year that's going to dominate possession of the football. They're going to take care of the football. They're going to give you a heavy dose of the run, the play action, and Baker's going to roll out and he's going to make throws like he has all of his career. It gets to a point where the defense just cannot get a stop on third down. Mac Jones has a third and 13. Mac Jones has a third and eight, a third and six. By the time this was all said and done, the first six third downs went for a great conversion. I'm not talking they were just getting it to the sticks. They were getting it 20, 25 yards down the field. At what point is this defense going to step up and say, we are not going to let you get us on third down? That's the number one issue right now for this football team is their third down efficiency not even on offense but specifically defense the defense cannot get off the field the linemen have their hands on their hips they're tired how about we go out there and get a stop you know these teams are so sound against this defensively where they're stringing together 10 12 14 play drives and we cannot get off the field it is unbelievable how pathetic the Browns third down defense was on Sunday the Patriots were running it. They were doing play action. That Stevenson back that they have played great for them. Hard-nosed runner. Could catch the football out of the backfield. And we could not stop them on third down. I think the most frustrating part is it's not like we're committing dumb penalties either. This football team is starting to turn the corner on typical Browns football. 
getting pass interferences on third down, roughing the quarterback on third down. We have to step up on third down if this football team is for real about making the playoffs in the AFC. It is that simple. Without this defense taking the next step, this football team will not make the playoffs. I will promise you that. This defense has got to get better on third down efficiency. Now, on the other side of the ball, Dearness Johnson. Love the guy. He's a hard runner. He gets in in between the tackles, and he's going to run after contact, and and he is just a hard-nosed dude back there. Why do we always abandon our running backs as we progress in a game? I don't get it. It makes no sense to me at all. How do you go from establishing a perfect first drive, perfect, to saying, ah, we're going to abandon the run, we're not going to give it to Dearness Johnson. Just because you have Nick Chubb back there doesn't mean you can't run the ball? No. The Browns have to stick to their style of play. Zone runs, outside sweeps, screen passes to the tight end, slant routes over the middle. But if we get tied in a game, Stefanski gets his adrenaline pumping, and he loves going downfield with Mayfield. I can recall probably about 10 times, I'm, I'm thinking on Sunday afternoon, what are we running? These routes are 20, 25, 30, 35 yards deep. And this football team refuses to run the ball on third down. They refuse to establish the run on first down. And it, and, and it obviously forces passing situations on second and, and long, you know? And when we're throwing incomplete passes on first down, the defense knows Belichick's smart enough. His coordinators are smart enough. The Browns are not going to run the ball on second down. It's that simple. We have got to. We we cannot be afraid to run the ball on first and long. First first and ten. Stefanski loves to abandon the run. He's done this countless times throughout his tenure here at Cleveland. He, he just he he can't get back to the old style of play. Which is so frustrating as Browns fans. It's just like, we have this patented style of football. We're going to hit you in your mouth. And I get, listen, I get it. The Cleveland Browns were down three running backs. Four, actually, if you count John Kelly. At the same time, you have to stick to your identity. Baker Mayfield is not going to win you games coming from behind. And I and I, I do get the the Browns' defense really really let it open for the Patriots and it got to 14 and 21 7 and and obviously passing situations were ensuing for the Browns offense but other than that when it's 7 0 7 7 7 14 there is no and I mean no excuse to not run the football so we got Detroit next week and I think this is gonna be a real test for the football team Detroit came off a, I don't know what you want to make of it, performance in in Pittsburgh. They got a tie. Um, Pittsburgh did not play well. But at the same time, if this football team does not show up to first energy on Sunday, it it is going to be a loss for this team. We have got to show up and beat these teams that we're supposed to beat. Now, granted, the Patriots was a coin flip. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But 
the Detroit Lions, if you don't go out there on Sunday and perform, you're in for a world of trouble. This is a must win. I don't care who you ask. And I know, we still got divisional games left. I think we got four left. Got to play Baltimore twice. Got to go down to Pittsburgh. And we'll have Cincinnati up here in Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns have got to win this game on Sunday. If they go below 500 this season, this football team is fraudulent. And they will never, ever be able to recover this season to make the playoffs. If Stefanski's a legitimate contender, he will realize Jared Goff cannot throw the football. He is hurt, and he's not very good. At the same time, Dan Campbell might be saying the same thing about Baker Mayfield. But we have to dial up the pressure. Joe Woods' defense has got to dial up the pressure more times than not. Mac Jones, when we when we got to Mac Jones, we were forcing hurried balls and 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 we were getting QB pressures and we looked great. I love the blitz. Get home with five or six guys and and have your secondary playing a little cover two man, you know? We have got to get to Jared Goff on Sunday. That's the bottom line. You have got to get to him. And this defense has to, has to force more turnovers. There's too many star powers on that side of the ball where they just go and say, you know what? We're gonna play lackluster defense. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break down. Our zones are gonna be open. Anytime the Browns play zone, they look awful. You know? This team, it feels like they don't know any zone principles on defense. I think there was a instance third and eight, something like that, against against the Patriots, and Hunter Henry ran a little out route just just past the sticks. And I'm watching John Johnson and Newsom looking at each other, somebody has got to step up in that zone and take away the sticks. It is that simple. If the Browns do not do a good job on third down next week, they're they're in for a long, a long night in first energy. Moving on now to the 49ers and the Rams. 49ers look great, and the Rams did not. Matt Stafford might not be as great of an asset as we had coveted him to be. He took that Detroit football team to playoffs. He had winning seasons with them. And I'm not taking away anything from Matthew Stafford. The Rams defense has got to step up. Ramsey, Von Miller, they have got to step up. But if they keep playing like this, it is hard for me to put three or four teams below them in the NFC. I like the Cardinals fully healthy. I love the Packers. I'm starting to grow on the Cowboys, and I like the Buccaneers. I just don't see how this team, with the amount of win-now presence and the amount of veterans on this squad, I see them as old. I see them as slow. They might squeak it out to the NFC Championship, but is this team for real? I I certainly don't believe so. The 49ers are a tough, tough football team to face in the NFC. Now, they are pretty pretty wishy-washy. I'll, I'll admit that. You know, you do not know what you're going to get from them from week to week. But they're a tough out in the NFC wildcard game. I think the Vikings are a tough out if they make it. 
The NFC has got, you know, your three or four, maybe five if you include the Rams. You got your powerhouses up there. But after that, at five, six, seven, eight, nine, you have a bunch of 500 ball clubs who are destined to win one, two games in the playoffs, maybe. I don't think it's unreal, unrealistic to think that the Vikings could do some damage in the playoffs if Washington can turn it around quick enough, which is very unlikely. But, you know, that football team showed a lot of heart against Tampa Bay. And I think the 49ers could be lethal in the NFC. They still got huge red flags at quarterback with Garoppolo back there. But other than that, speedy wide receivers, great running backs. They got a defense that that plays together. They play as a unit together. They looked great on Monday Night Football. As we go to Lambeau in snow, um, the Packers, man, they got off to a slow start with Rodgers coming back. Both Rodgers and Russell Wilson did not look great at the beginning of this football game. But Rodgers does his thing. He gets his guys prepared. He gets them ready to play. This football team has grit. This defense is, in my opinion, severely underrated in in the league. And they're a great unit. Now, I will say, Russell Wilson did not look healthy at all this week. So the question is, why rush him back? Gino was playing pretty good football. He was being a game manager. He was not losing the game for the Seahawks. And he was putting them in late game positions to win. And that's all you can ask for out of a backup quarterback. I just do not understand why do you rush Russell Wilson back? This football team is done, unfortunately. I thought they were going to be a sneaky wildcard team at the beginning of this year, but with injuries and, and a lackluster defense and, and all of that combined, this football team is, is going to be have, getting a top 10 pick. It, it, that's the realism of it. They play in the one of the toughest divisions in football. The Cardinals and Rams look good. Um, and the 49ers, as we said, any of those NFC West teams are capable of beating up on each other. It just so happens that the Seahawks this year you know the tables have turned it used to be them in the in the mid 2010s beating up on these teams these NFC West teams but now the coin is flipped and now they are the ones receiving the brunt of the NFC West but i love the packers man these guys are good they have a young hungry defense aaron rodgers in the playoffs i will take this man is clutch he gets the ball in his hands late in games, and you feel confident as a Packers fan. I just I love this football team. Devontae Adams is stepping up. He's making big plays left and right. The tailback is running hard, hard-nosed football. Aaron Jones is legit, guys. He is... He's legit. This man can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run routes like a receiver. He he's got soft hands. He's got good touch, and and he looks he looks great, especially with the volume that they're giving him. And AJ Dillon comes in to give him a spill after two or three drives. This football team is for real in the NFC, and I mean that. I would hate if if the Packers can lock up home field advantage, which they got some work to do. They they play a couple 
not great NFC North teams coming up in the next few weeks. If this football team locks up home field, we got to watch out for the Packers. They are serious contenders for the NFC, not just the NFC, but for the whole dang thing. And I truly believe that. Now, I know Packers, for the last or five years in the last decade, they get to the NFC Championship game, they lose. I think this might not happen this year. I see this team winning the NFC Championship, and I mean that. The Cardinals have not proven themselves in the playoffs yet. And the Rams, with this new squad, I know the Super Bowl a few years ago, but they have not either. So you start to wonder, at what point do the Packers flip on the gear in the playoffs in the NFC Championship games, and they win? I think it's all going to come down to defense and how even-keeled Rodgers can stay. The more and more Rodgers gets worked up, the tougher this football team has to perform under the lights and under the pressure of playing an NFC Championship game. I truly believe that if Rodgers keeps his head on straight in the play calling and Matt LaFleur can provide, call a great game for this football team, they are going to win the NFC. I truly believe it. Let's move to Pittsburgh, where the Steelers had a disappointing show. However, they didn't lose. <laughs> the Detroit Lions are hungry, man. They're hungry to win a game. Um, as bad of a football team as they are, they were hungry to win that game on Sunday afternoon. In the sleet, crappy rain and snow mixture down in Pittsburgh. Ben testing positive for COVID. Steelers go in there with Mason Rudolph. I thought, Meh. I think the Steelers are still going to win this game. You know, they get up, and the Lions come back, and they tie it up. But as a as a Browns fan, I knew, or I thought I knew, where this ball game was going. Steelers are going to win the toss, going to go down there. Boswell's going to hit a 43-yarder. They're going to win the game 19-16. to Everyone goes home. They wipe the sweat off their brow and say, oh, man, that one was close. But that never happened. It was just back and forth in overtime. Lions had possession. Steelers had possession. Lions had the possession. And neither team could move the ball, you know. And then it starts clicking for Pittsburgh. Teontae Johnson has a bad fumble late in the game. Friermuth in field goal range or approaching field goal range. Bad, bad, bad fumble. And I start to wonder, how legitimate is this Steelers team? I know... They were without Big Ben today. I know that. And actually, contrary to popular belief, I think this football team is going to win the North. I really, truly believe that. This football team is well-coached. They have a veteran at quarterback who's done this a million times before in Ben Roethlisberger once they get him healthy. And they have a top five defensive unit that I love. TJ Watt is a football destroyer this man can come in and wreck your game plan as soon as he touches the field i love their secondary they play hard minka hits hard i love all these guys on this team and i seriously seriously think this team is going to win the north they now they have to show out against the divisional opponents and they have to 
beat these teams that they're supposed to down the stretch. It would have been helpful to get that Lions win. But I really, really love this football team going into November and December and making the playoffs. And I, I see them making a deep stab in the AFC playoffs. I really do. This football team is well-versed. Now, the one con I would say is Matt Canada's play calling. He struggles knowing how to use Big Ben, how to using how to use his targets, Deontay Johnson and Claypool. He struggles to scheme up stuff for them to help the Steelers offense progress. Because when you shove the ball to Najee 25, 30 times a game, that's not going to work. I can promise you that. Najee is a great talent. But if Matt Canada can dial up some plays where he gets his offense on play action, he gets Ben some time in the pocket. And that's another thing, too. This offensive line has got to stay sturdy. And they've been playing well. They've been playing better than you would have thought at the beginning of the season. If this football team can have good offensive line play, keep Najee Harris healthy, have good play from Big Ben and good play calling from Matt Canada, this football team is a serious contender in the AFC. Going down to Dallas now, where the Cowboys looked great against the Falcons. And I know the Falcons are not very good. That that defensive side of the football is is really lacking. But how about the Cowboys offense? Dak to CD, Zeke looked great. I I really, really am and honed in on this football team. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. That's a given. That is a given. And we've known that now. This football team plays it plays hard opponents. They've played some tough opponents this season. And and without Prescott in a few of those games, the 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 Dallas Cowboys look great. They look phenomenal. They can run the ball. Their defense is young, but they're getting the job done. They really are. Cooper and Gallup, they look great. Dalton Schultz looks great. And now I start to wonder, all right, I already said the Packers are contenders. Where do I fit in the Cowboys? And I think the top four teams in the NFC, it is going to be a slugfest this year in the in January. And that that is the most amazing thing when you're talking about football. Four or five teams who are really, really talented and really, really good just beating the snot out of each other come January and February. I really do like this Dallas Cowboys football team. Dak Prescott is a great decision maker. He is never going to lose you a game. He can only win you a game. I love how he is poised in the pocket. He is mobile. And he knows when to throw the ball away. He's not making those forced throws that you see so many young quarterbacks making the league. Prescott is such a helpful addition for this team. They they hit the lottery on this one. I, I love Prescott. Even back to 2017, you know, his rookie year and and all the things he did for Dallas when they went, I think, 13 and 3 that year. Pair him with Zeke, pair him with Amari Cooper, and a tight end like Dalton Schultz, who's mobile, who can block well. This team is dangerous in the playoffs. Now, the one caveat I will say about that, I do not like this team going on the road and playing teams on the road. This is a great home football team. They bring a great atmosphere. 
but I don't like the Cowboys going up to play the Packers in a divisional round. Going out to L.A., I could see it, but I don't love it. If they can somehow lock up home field, this football team is dangerous in the NFC. And I know I've been saying, oh, the Cowboys are for real. The Cowboys are for real. We've been saying that for five years now, and it never happens. I think they got a good shot this year. I really, really do. Defense is playing well. Trevon Diggs is either getting blown by in coverage or getting a pick. But this Dallas team is ready for the playoffs. They look great. They play tough opponents. And they play them they play everybody as if they have something to lose, which is what you have to do in the NFL. You have to play with a back against your wall mentality, and I think that's what Mike McCarthy brings to this football squad. I really do. He was doing a great job of getting them prepared for games, getting their mindset great. And I think you can throw away two weeks ago uh, that Broncos game. That was a poor performance. I really think you can throw that away. But other than that, this football team is going to be a contender in the NFC. They got legitimate shot of going to the Super Bowl as long as they stay healthy. And Dak has got to protect the football down the stretch. If he can do those couple of things paired with the running game from Zeke and Tony Pollard, I really, really like this football team in January. Let's move to Washington, where this Tampa Bay Buccaneers football team looked human again for the second week in a row. Coming off of a lackluster performance against the Saints, I figured, man, the Buccaneers... I know they don't have A.B. They might be a shoe-in for this Washington game. Washington came out, and they played Tampa Bay hard. Heineke looked great against the Buccaneers. He was making throws. He was making good decisions. And I think the number one way to get this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is by forcing them to turn the ball over. Brady had two interceptions within the first half, and the Washington football team makes their lead, makes their push, and you're figuring out Brady's got this down two scores. They're going to come back. They get it to one score. They get it late in the football game in Brady's hands with a few minutes to go, and you're saying as a fan, eh, he's got this. Tampa Bay's going to win by a couple points. That never happened. The Washington defense made a great stand on third and fourth down on that drive, and they look great. Chase Young out for the season. It's going to hurt for this football team. Although Chase was not playing as well as he was his rookie season last year, it still forces offensive lines to slide protections over to him. You have to double-team him. When other teams start having to double-team your edge rushers, it frees up your other three guys on the line. It, it They have one-on-one. It, it is so simple. It frees up those other guys to get home and get through to the quarterback. And this is going to be a big loss for this team. They, they not only lose their edge rusher, they lose their captain in the locker room. Their young presence who, who can bring support and motivation for this football team to will them to win games. Now, I think you can write off Washington for this year, you know, three and six. Didn't look great. Obviously, they have they have bad play from their quarterbacks week in and week out. If this team can find the answer at quarterback, 
and I know this defensive unit has not been playing to the to the potential that they have because last year this defense was great. They were top five in all the ranks of the NFL. They looked awesome. But if this defense can can start playing average average football, above average football, like they were last season, if they can bring that into the 2022 season, this football is going to be, this football team is going to be a, a a power in the NFC East. I'm not talking about in the NFC as a whole, but in the NFC East, they're going to beat up on the Eagles. They may split one against the Cowboys and the Giants. They will beat them two times in a year. The NFC East is not good. If they can go four and two next season in the East, maybe five and one. I think those are realistic aspirations for this football team. But that being said, that's still a year away. They have got to get their quarterback situation figured out. I love Antonio Gibson when he's healthy. J.D. McKissick looks great coming out of the backfield. Terry McLaurin, Ohio State guy, looks phenomenal. Scary Terry, that's what they call him. He runs his routes hard. He does not give up on plays. I even got him on my fantasy team this year, so gives me an extra incentive to root for him. But let's transition to the Bucks, where at some point you're figuring they're going to flip the switch. They have to fit, flip the switch, and they're going to go perfect. I really hope this football team can get there, but I don't see it in the next coming weeks. This team is not going to have home field advantage. They're going to have to go on the road, which is an issue. We we, we saw that last year going up to Green Bay and, and, and beating them up there with a great game from Brady and Evans. So I don't think home field advantage isn't an issue necessarily for them. But if they get a 3-4 matchup in the NFC, I, I, I'm not so sure they're right in to make it to the championship game. They have to be on upset watch in the divisional round, in the wild card and divisional rounds. They have to be. This football team is vulnerable. If you catch them on the wrong night, on on the right night, I should say, for the other team, if you can catch them on the right night when they're sleeping, their defense looks old, they look slow, they look aged. They're not playing together as a team on defense. If you can catch them on that night, almost like how this actually the same football team did on. Washington did against them last postseason in the wildcard game. They played hard against the Buccaneers. They played tough. So I'm starting to wonder, are there real concerns? And I'm not willing to go, oh, Brady's aging. He doesn't look good. Of course he's aging. He's freaking 44 years old. He's going to have moments. But there's still one person in the NFL, when the game is on the line, whose hands I want the ball in most. And that is Tom Brady. And it's been like that for 15 years now. Tom Brady is a winner. He is going to go out there and win football games for your team. That's a fact. We know that. There is no... You can give me Rodgers. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Brady over Rodgers. Wilson. Take him over Stafford. Take him over Big Ben. I'll take Brady over all those guys who are quote-unquote clutch. Because Brady loves to win. He knows how to get his guys in positions in four-minute drills and two-minute drills late in games to go down there and give their kicking unit, Ryan Suckup, give them a chance to win the ball game. 
Pretty has done it time and time again over the past two decades. And I absolutely love him as a winning, gritty quarterback in the fourth quarter. That is the one thing that I think will save this Bucks postseason hopes. And the defense has got to step up. If they can get good play out of the defense and force turnovers and get the ball in Brady Brady's hands in good field position and they can lead games, they can set up Fournette and Giovanni Bernard coming out of the backfield and Ronald Jones coming out of the backfield, this team is set. I'm not, I'm not worried. But they have got to flip the switch in the next few weeks, getting ready for the postseason, you know, war of attrition. How long can they keep this going? I think they're going to be all right, but it's something to look out for in the NFC. So that's going to wrap up our Week 10 discussion of the NFL and some of the key marquee games I wanted to talk about. Let's get into some NBA action now, where the Cleveland Cavaliers, they might be legit. We'll talk about that coming up next. All right, the NBA's in full swing now. Now, I just wanted to hit on the Cavaliers real quick before we get off this pod. The Cleveland Cavaliers are a young, feisty basketball team who can be really dangerous in the East if, and there is one if, J.B. Bickerstaff can get these guys motivated to win close games. A prime example on this was Saturday night, down by 19 against the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are a good, good team. The Cleveland Cavaliers in the third and fourth quarters showed a will to win close games. That has been missing from this franchise since LeBron left in 2018. The urge to win and the attitude of just we have got to win games I love it Mobley looks great for the Cavaliers he looks phenomenal shot blocker he distributes the ball on offense he he's a great passer he's got a good high low action he looks phenomenal I really think the Cavaliers hit the hit the ball out of the park with this one Mobley has a chance to do what Kevin Love was brought here to do. Kevin Love of old times. Kevin Love, the post scorer, the defensive rebounder, the shot shaper. And I'm not talking Kevin Love of 2014. I'm talking young Kevin Love. Mobley has got to keep playing team defense. He is for, with his other four guys on the floor, he is for them and for them only. He is filling in help side. He's affecting shots with high hands. He just looks great defensively. And offensively, he's a skinny guy. But he knows how to use his body in the post and create for himself. He's a good screener and roller. He's got a good outside shot too. He can knock down the 15-footer occasionally. I really think, though, Jared Allen is what brings this team together. He is a glue man, a seven-footer who rebounds and plays defense, who's a post-scorer, who brings energy when he dunks the ball and gets the alley-oops from Garland and Sexton when he's healthy and Rubio. Jared Allen is a great pickup for this team. 
I think the guard play is good too. Now with Sexton being out this week, Garland's being asked to step up into a bigger role, which I think he's capable of doing. I'm not so sold on Sexton. I'll I'll give you guys that. I'm not sold on him. But Garland, I think he's the real deal as well. He can score. He can distribute the ball to his teammates. He runs good motion offense. The only thing is, Garland loves the three ball. He has probably one of the quickest microwaves in the league. If he hits one, you know the next two are going up from 30, 35 feet. He's jacking, which I'm okay with, but you got to be able to make those shots because those possessions late in games are valuable for winning basketball teams in the NBA. Ricky Rubio is also a key piece that this basketball team needed. Veteran leadership, pass first guard, don't even get me started with what happened in New York at the Garden a few weeks ago. Rubio went 8 for 8 from 3. He looked fabulous. And I'm really starting to wonder, is this team for real or am I just getting my hopes up for nothing? Because if they are for real, this team is going to be fun to watch in the Eastern Conference this year. If we can sneak a 4 or a 5 or a 6 seed, I will say I'd, I I would like this team to stay away from the play-in series. If we get the seven or an eight seed, I, I don't really like them going to play in a one or two game playoff to get into the playoffs just because they don't have that playoff experience yet as a team, as a core. But man, they're looking great. Okoro coming off the bench, Osmond coming off the bench, he's, some, he's starting sometimes. They look good. And they look dangerous. I I think what's going to hurt this team is not knowing what to do when we get to February and March after the All-Star break and saying, okay, we have got to be five games above 500 in this stretch of the season. Because in the last few years, and I know they had nothing to play for in the last couple, three or four years, but they have to win games and they have to be above 500 after the All-Star break. If they can keep winning these exciting and thrilling games as a team down at Rocket Mortgage, I I really, really do like their chances in the East. And I'm not even saying that because I'm a homer. I just, I feel like they can put together a special group of guys, three or four guys as your core, and and supplement those guys with Okoro, Osman, and Love if he ever freaking gets healthy off the bench. But I think this team could be for real in the Eastern Conference. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for the very first episode of the Average Athletic Podcast. I thank you all for taking time out of your day to listen to me ramble and rant about sports. Um, I'm doing this just for fun for right now, just to get some experience in the podcasting world. And uh, I hope you guys come along for the ride. I, I really enjoy it. If you guys would like to download the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. And we will see you all in the next show. Peace.